Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple and very common problem. We never we never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to solve that issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down and write a, a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the story sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo, we're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media, media production. production. If you, our, lo- our lovely audience, has noticed, uh, today is not Monday. It's probably Wednesday when when, th- when this will be coming out. I hope out. so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, if you aren't following us on our Twitter, uh, we have decided to, to switch our, our schedule once more to hopefully recording on Tuesdays and and releasing on, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reasons is, is, of course, if you haven't already figured it out, I am in the middle of finals week. And then, then after this, I'll still have to go to a couple of more summer school classes. So us recording on, on Sunday always left both of us just ungodly tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also got a job, isn't that right? Yeah, I finally have a job because um, mm-hmm. I've been in New York for several months without a job. And it's Woo. been going about as well for my finances as you'd expect. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, now I have a job. It it pays just enough for rent and my family's helping me out with like food and stuff. So I'm okay. Um, but yeah, it's a weekend's job. So um, oh, did I tell you? Oh, my, so I'm a host at this this brunch place. Uh, did I tell you that the first day uh, Sean Mendez was there? Oh yeah, you like did yeah. say that you like saw him. Did you yeah. actually like were you yeah. able to like, talk to him? And- yeah, I mean, I I got him water, and he I, I he kind of had himbo vibes for real. Like he was Ooh. very. It was like we, there was like a whole bit with him just like being confused as to which glass had orange or had grapefruit juice before. He was like, make sure it's not in the grapefruit juice because I don't I wouldn't wouldn't want like grapefruit juice water because that would be not good and i was like yep you got it sean that's fine <laughs> <laughs> thanks sean yeah Aww, um, sorry. It's, it's neat. yeah it's it's interesting i said this a couple times recently but like um even though i've always like of course i've had internalized that like cele- celebrities are just real people of course of course i i know yeah. that right but also i realized after seeing him that like you know, someone pointed out to me, it was like, that's Sean Mendez. I was like, oh, that's, he's really famous, right? I was like, wait, I did expect, I did like, on, on some subco- subconscious level, did expect for him to have like a gold halo around his head or something. Like, I really like, just like, I was shine, just like, like Sean Mendez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there was just like nothing where like I would look at him and be like, oh, that's a super famous person. No, he's just some guy. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting, but hmm. very cute, tall. So there's that cute and tall, yeah. Which hey, maybe that's what makes them famous. Yeah. So Sean, if you were into the uh, the the homosexual looking host that got you water um, and had purple hey. nails, uh, hit me up. So yeah, yeah. hit him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice, nice. And speaking of hitting things up, uh, I think we do have to ransack this episode of Do the Right Thing. This special double. Would- Side uh-huh. episode. What do you mean? Mm, I don't. Okay. What do you mean by ransack? Uh, Ran uh, ransack. Like you know, run in with with masks and you know probably uh-huh. probably weapons. 
Okay. Uh, make sure everyone in the house is sleeping. Still, still the most expensive stuff. Let uh, let the uh, cat out and you know mm-hmm. or, or run around. Just you know, make sure that that they're really scared of you. Um, yeah. 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 Okay, sounds like a plan. All right. Um, so we're going to read one story for the past uh, two weeks. We did take a week off. Um, and uh, then we'll talk about the rest of the stories submitted by y'all at the end from both this week and last. Mm-hmm. Exactly, okay. exactly. We will be reading a story by Captain Rhino named Changing the Ethical Paradigm. Perfect. This is Changing the Ethical Paradigm by Captain Rhino. A dark-skinned arm waving in the air attracted Gemma's attention. She waved back and passed between the cafe tables to where Charlene was sitting. Charlene stood, and the two friends hugged. Sorry I've been so distant lately, Gemma said. Thanks for nagging me into meeting up. Should have thought about that before starting a PhD, you big brain box, Charlene replied, with humor. They sat. You're looking great, Gemma said. It was true. It was true. Charlene was wearing a pale yellow blouse and dark skinny jeans that really looked good on her. Her hair was pulled into two puffy side buns, a style that she'd never seen Charlene try before. But more than all that, she looked joyful, like life was going up and up and the down switch had been sealed off as out of order. I'm feeling great, Charlene said. Her smile dropped a little. Are you doing okay? I love the course, Gemma said. I love leading seminars. It's just a bit much. I still need to figure out how to make it all work. This morning, I wrote 10 paragraphs for this interim thesis report I need to do, though, so I'm still writing that high. Nice. A male waiter came over to take their order. Gemma asked for a latte with pea and ham soup, while Charlene ordered a cappuccino with a brie, bacon, and cranberry panini. It'd be really great if you can add some thinly sliced apple to the panini as well. But don't charge me anything extra. I am your favorite customer, after all. And she winked at the waiter. The waiter smiled. Of course, anything for our favorite customer. As he walked off, Gemma gaped at Charlene. I can't believe you got away with that. Charlene shrugged. I come here a lot. She flicked her side bun with her right hand flirtatiously. And I'm the hottest black girl in town. Something stirred uncomfortably in Gemma's gut. Are you... are you and Dennis doing all right? Oh, sorry, no, I wasn't flirting with that guy. At least, not seriously. Just joking around. Don't worry about that, Charlene smiled. Actually, me and Dennis are doing loads better now. That's great. Yeah, so we had this massive argument a few weeks ago... I came back from work and he was playing PlayStation. None of the housework had been done. There wasn't any food in the fridge and I flipped. I shouted at him, told him he wasn't pulling his weight in our relationship, told him that he should pull his finger out and find a job so he wasn't sponging off of me anymore. Then I stormed out and went somewhere for dinner. After I cooled down, I went back and we had a good discussion. He agreed that he needed to do better and I got him to open up about some of the things I need to work on. It was good. We've both been more conscientious since then, him especially. I'm sorry you had that fight, but it sounds like it was for the best. Charlene nodded. Yeah. She looked like she was deciding whether or not to say something else. There was also this thing at work, she added. "Uh Uh-huh. 
You remember I told you there was this cinematographer who gave me seriously bad vibes and behaved like everything was always my fault? Well, I was speaking to the other black girl on set. She's a lighting technician. I don't want to say too much about the specifics of what she said, but in the end, we went to management and they actually listened to us. They actually fired the guy. No way. Yeah, it's wild. And I'm happy, obviously. It's made work so much more enjoyable. And there's a part of me that's still pretty... But there's a part of me that's still pretty melancholic about the whole thing. But it's good. Gemma took Charlene's hands in her own. Hey, girl, you rock. You know that, right? You're making the world a better place. Thanks. I appreciate that. The waiter came back with their drinks and food. Gemma shared the latest gossip from the philosophy department. There was a lot more going on there than you'd expect. Whilst they ate. After they had finished, Charlene said... I've started reading this book, and I want to talk about the ethical questions it raises, but I haven't finished it yet, so I can't go online to talk about it. Don't tell me this is the main reason you asked to meet up. Busted, Charlene said with a smile. No, seriously, can I ask you? Of course, you know I love this. Charlene leaned forward. So, there's this woman who discovers she's got magical mind control powers. She can make someone do whatever she wants just by telling them to do it. She can also change their, their desires so they actually enjoy doing something they otherwise wouldn't want to do, or change it so they now hate something they used to love doing. Are they aware that they're being mind-controlled? The book doesn't really explain the mechanics of how it all works, but I think the default is that they don't realize what's happened. So, one of the protagonist's friends has this crippling social anxiety which is ruining her life, and the protagonist changes her, changes her so that she actually likes meeting people and socializing in public. Not like, excessive, just like a normal level of social interaction. But this girl doesn't immediately think, what happened to me? I'm suddenly a di completely different person. She just accepts it without much thought. What does she use her powers for? She does exploit them for selfish purposes, like getting people to let her jump the queue or give her free ice cream or whatever. But mostly she's trying to help people, like persuading her dad to stop smoking or getting her boss to give all the poor employees a pay raise rather than giving the money to shareholders. At least that's what she's been doing so far. I haven't finished the book yet. Gemma thought for a few moments, then said, I'm going to be controversial here. I know most people hate the idea of mind control or brainwashing people, but I think that from a consequentialist position, if people don't know that they've been changed, and if the changes are bringing them pleasure by making them enjoy whatever it is that they're doing now, then I'm not sure that they've been harmed. And if there's no negative utility, then at worst, it's ethically neutral. Do you not think it's important that the past version of them would hate the changes that have been done to them? I know it's counterintuitive, Gemma said, but I don't think the past actually exists from an ethical perspective. Think about it. The Mia five minutes ago doesn't exist anymore. You can't hurt her. You can't give her pleasure. She can't express preferences. Suppose the Mia five minutes ago loved philosophy and hates physics, and you've mind controlled me so that the Mia of the present hates philosophy and loves physics. Why should we care that the Mia five minutes ago would think about that change? She doesn't care. She can't care. So why should we? As long as the Mia of the present gets the same amount of utility out of loving physics as past me got out of loving philosophy, then the amount of utility in the world or in me hasn't changed at all. It's just coming from a different source. So you're saying this girl should keep on brainwashing to her heart's content. As long as she's making it so people get pleasure rather than pain out of the changes, then sure, I don't see any problem. Gemma looked at the time on her phone. I need to be heading off now, but we should definitely do this again soon. Before you leave, Charlene said, 
are you doing anything on the evening on the 29th? It's a Friday. Not technically, but the past few Friday evenings I've been marking seminar homework. Tato Mobe are playing a gig in town that day. Do you want to come? Tato Mobe? You know, Tommy and the other members of his band. We used to sing their, to- their songs all the time when we lived together. I don't know, Char. I always feel bad whenever I take an evening off of university work. You need to take breaks to enjoy yourself. Come. It'll make you feel great. Yes, Gemma thought. It will make me feel great. She smiled. Okay, you've persuaded me. I'll come. Well, all right, all right. I really do enjoy this story. It feels a lot like a slice of life. We get to know a lot about these these characters, how they're going back and forth. And I do um, enjoy this sort of ethical conundrum that they end up falling uh, falling into towards uh, uh, towards the end. Um, so yeah, overall, I just think that, that, that this is a really nice scene, uh, filled with some really strong characters. And I would definitely be looking forward to seeing, um, if this story or these, or these characters are used in, uh, anything else going, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it stands on its own just as a exploration of, um, you know, the, the, the topic that's explored here, mm-hmm. um, on the ethics or whatever. I, obviously there's this sort of little twist going on in the background of like, Hey, is actually, does Charlene actually have these powers? Is it really a book or does she, is she actually mind controlling and stuff? Yeah. I think we are falling a little bit more on that side and, uh, but it's nice that it's not like fully, uh, spelled Explain. out for us. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't catch some of the clues that we get earlier on. Like, uh, she's able to convince the waiter, um, to get the stuff. And it's, it's probably not just because she's no, 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 no. It's probably not just because she's really hot, but also because of her, her superpower thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I do like how that's sort of sprinkled in throughout, leading to the actual conversation. Um, that's why, like in my initial reading towards towards the end, I was sort of wondering a a lot of where this was going. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um, so they're just talking, but talking about what, what? And, and then we got into into mind con, uh, control and the sort of ethical problem that is pre pre presented there a problem that i haven't really seen in many things besides let's say um worm and the x-men series yeah and jessica Uh, jones and jessica jones yes actually i completely for uh, forgot about it but yeah Ah, what a great great show i wish marvel Mm -hmm. would would do would do something with it yeah for sure Um, um yeah, yeah. uh it's interesting um mm-hmm. i mean if we're gonna respond to that ethical thing um i definitely feel at the very least that like i i mean i disagree with that position that it's always okay just because you made it okay afterwards um because yeah. like that i think the reason that i would disagree is because it like incentivizes you to sort of violate people's consent because like according to the consequences it'll be fine um and like, yeah, it, it encourages you to violate people's consent in the present, basically. But I think in that instance of Gemma being convinced, I think actually that if she basically gave consent, she basically said that it's actually fine, according to her. So mm-hmm. I think at least in that particular case, it's not so bad. Um, So, yeah, she didn't say I wouldn't want someone to do that to me or anything. So at the very least that, you know, that's another interesting little conundrum. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, there is there is one thing within it that I know we uh, caught yes. as we were reading. And I do want to talk to you of uh, about this because it is yeah. a complicated situation. Um, and it yeah. is specifically on on the align. Tell me if I'm uh, if I'm quoting this 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 wrong. But the 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 line is, "I am the hottest black girl in town." Yeah. Correct? So yeah. So what happens in in uh, is that uh, she gets a thing from the waiter um, to give mm-hmm. her a little something extra, and she says, "I come here a lot, and I'm the hottest black girl in town." As a reason for why he did the thing. When I read that, I was like. It yeah, it definitely fell off when I read it. I had to take a second to talk to Jarvis, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know because like I'm not saying that I've never heard that 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 phrase coming from a from a black woman. You know, mm-hmm. I have definitely heard some people say that, but I I just found that its place within this story was a bit odd, mm-hmm. um, and sort of is speaking to this sort of latent rivalry between people that have been tokenized that is very prevalent within the community within the community so i don't know i don't know it's it's very interesting like because of course this this character is black uh Mm -hmm. and based off of my 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 reading i took that that moment as the writer wanting to express that this character is is black in so many ways right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah 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 the the way that it's done later um when uh shirley's talking about uh confronting management about that cinematographer with the other uh black girl that works with her um i thought that that felt a lot more natural for sure because it's Mm -hmm. just like yeah the other black girl whereas this one that is that is a conversation that i had with people yeah very much so yeah. Whereas I think the reason why it felt so off on that one was because it wasn't really um, relevant because mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't change the fact that that waiter was going to do a favor for her, whether she's black or not. Um, just she, she could have just said, because I'm really hot um, and I'm yeah. really hot. I am um, the hottest girl in, in town. Yeah. Yes. Unless if the waiter was known to have like a, a thing fetish for black girls yeah, yeah exactly and that she's the fondest black girl then yeah mm-hmm. um which i guess to add some validity to it maybe due to mind con- con- control powers mm-hmm. she would have yeah. known that but yeah maybe but uh, uh again it, it is definitely like a a moment that i didn't feel uncomfortable but i did have to take a a double take and really think about if I've heard people say that if there's any relevance within the, the story to say this beyond the, the, the writer just describing a black woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it was just that Captain Rhino really wanted us to know earlier on that she's black mm-hmm. um, rather so than the, being a surprise yeah. later. Um, but like, you know, um, it, the, the beginning does start off with saying that her skin's black. And like, I think that's enough. I think it's okay. If like, a reader gets sort of surprised later being like, Oh, I didn't realize. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, so, um, like either presenting that information in a different, different way or honestly, yeah, just leaving it until, uh, later when it becomes relevant to let that information out. I think that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. 
Yeah, because um, if because if nothing was 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 said, but then we we got to the point where she said that she was talking to the other black black person at yeah. her 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 job. The same thing is being done done uh, done there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um it's yeah. like you know, I think that we have an urge to like give out all the like relevant pieces of identity out as early as we can but mm-hmm. like i don't know it's not that important usually um yeah. and like typically we can just... being black yeah it's not it's not a yeah char- it's not like a character trait yeah it, it like and there's so many aspects of identity that like are sometimes extremely important and relevant that we should know but then other times aren't like mm-hmm. you know if one of these characters was trans or gay or whatever it's like unless it came up and was like important you know then like we can just wait until it is important right yeah yeah um unless if like the way or the things that charlene is talking about is really important for us to hear her in the context of her being black Mm -hmm. then i think it's okay to just leave it off until it does become relevant exactly Um, that's my perspective anyway and if y'all disagree i would love to to hear your perspectives oh definitely and yeah i have a very similar per per perspective you know i I uh, enjoy seeing seeing characters that look like me in in, in all forms of a, of a media, especially since a a lot of black peoples have been left out of certain forms of a, of a media, such as the the classic sci-fi novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is a, a a thing to where there is a a a, a meter, should I say, on how much a a writer puts their 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 blackness as a trait or a or a or a generalization mm-hmm. so yeah it is definitely i guess towing that that line even though i do feel that within this her 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 being black was in important to the to the conversation that that happened later mm-hmm. um but that conversation that happened later did all of the weights or so or or should i say work that was that was needed to to let the the audience know that this is a black woman you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it would be the same thing if like the character was old or something yeah unless it's really relevant or trans or, yeah. yeah exactly although mm-hmm. actually i think with someone being old it's i would think even more likely for like i guess it's it just matter. matters yes. like yeah what they're talking about and like even mm-hmm. if it wasn't talk about racism or something but just something within like hey the context matters um yeah like if it if a character was giving advice right then you would want to say if they're old right because that has a lot of implications of like wisdom and whatnot or if a character was talking about um you know who's attracted to them or you know anything with sexuality and gender and stuff then like saying whether they're trans or not would be relevant but Mm -hmm. um if it's just yeah neutral stuff about like work or uh this this book or whatever then it's not that important but yeah um i mean i I did really enjoy the story and it's not like yeah 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 we're not um i think it's it was a good opportunity to, to talk about uh when to talk about identities and stuff right oh yeah especially so, since um, since this is part of a much larger conversation that's been going mm-hmm. on since like 50 60 70s like yeah. like there is a whole reason why afro why afrofuturism is considered its own genre of mm-hmm. f- of fiction you know yeah um 
but yeah, yeah, I and yeah, like I mean, as you said, great, great story. I I, I like really loved it through and through. I came to really in in enjoy these uh, characters. I just know that we sort of saw this as a opportunity to talk about mm-hmm. something that we've all that, that we've talked about a, a a bit in our like uh, in our private lives, but never on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but okay, I think that's all we have for Captain Rhino's story. Let's get into mm-hmm. the rest of the story su- submitted by our listeners. Definitely, definitely. So a, another story from last week uh that we that we will be talking about is by captain rhino again mm-hmm. with things that happen to other people uh yeah so this, this is a fun story definitely within the realm of of satire mm-hmm. where um it's basically two <laughs> uh police officers outside of um a I think a Downing Street ten. What's the number? The Downing Street, the the capital of uh, the 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 <laughs> where yes. the prime minister lives. Yeah, yes. it's like ten ten Downing Street. Is that correct? It's like ten some something Downing yeah. Street. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, it's so it's talking about that party that Boris Johnson had there. Um, no, Boris. Yeah. Oh God, he sucks. Um, <laughs> and uh, how it like broke COVID rules, like the COVID rules that he. Uh, that his administration wrote himself. Um, so it's just a fun thing where like they're talking about um, how this is like illegal. You know, I'm just gonna read one of the paragraphs uh, where one police officer is saying to the other, don't you think we should break up this definitely illegal social gathering and issue fixed penalty notices to everyone in attendance for breaches of, of the coronavirus act, 2020 public health control of diseases act, 18, 1984 and the health protection regulations, 2022 and 2021 said one officer. Nah, I think we should just ignore it. Um, uh. <laughs> so it's just it's just funny. Uh, I just had a, a good time reading it as uh, sort of just like poking fun about how ridiculous this whole situation is, and you know the how um, Boris was able to get out of it just fine. Um, oh yeah, the character of Boris in this is uh, John Morrison rather than <laughs> Boris Johnson. Anyway, Boris Johnson, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, I do feel a a lot of the the same stuff. This is a really nice, uh, a, a nice satire. That of course the barrier to entry is knowing like basic level of sort of how the UK dealt with with COVID nine uh, nineteen. But overall, this this is a really enjoyable uh, story with like a lot of really really fun uh, fun lines uh, sprinkled throughout. So really great job. Captain Rhino. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely fun. Definitely uh, doing well with the whole satire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about Just Stan's story next. What's it called? Yeah, it's uh, called Black Beach, The First Witness. Yeah, um, actually, I kind of want to talk about um, their story they wrote last week and this week because it's both within this series. Mm-hmm. Within Unison, um, yes. Yeah, so to talk about this, the, the first one, we have this character, Melina, and she's sort of given an account of um, encountering this one uh, man. Like, there's this like hidden island where everyone who arrives can't leave, basically. And uh, talking about this one man, this captain that washed up on shore, named uh, Corban, and uh, sort of yeah, telling the the story of him arriving there first, um, and how he like stayed with her, and then they sort of fell in love uh, before he um, built a ship and just left. Um, and 
yeah, people don't really believe it, how, how it worked um, that way, because no one can really escape. Uh, but then in Just Dan's second story this week, um, we get a different perspective of basically one of his uh, his like friends on the island and how actually he was not that captain of that ship. He actually was... Um, he like fell from the sky at some point into water, got onto a ship, and then that ship crashed uh, and got shipwrecked. And actually it seems that he must be from some future time where he, he has all this technology and stuff and uh he did eventually build a ship and was pulled out um past the the beaches through a riptide that was kind of secret um which is yeah it's really it's really interesting nice little mystery that we're setting up here it kind of ends on the cliffhanger the second story um where he and uh the character telling the story both got on the ship and were about to leave um, and then they discovered Fortuna, which we have no idea what, what that is, whether it's a person or or what. Uh, but yeah, I I just really in, enjoy how this story starts. Finis res uh, uh, <laughs> at the 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 end, and we are sort of through these long blocks of a of a dialogue, getting this sort of like back lore, all, all of the story of how these. Mm-hmm these characters led up to to here mm-hmm. which i think was a, just a really nice framing d device to sort of bring a deeper sense of mysticism to this um mm-hmm. to this person this this pirate um mm-hmm. so yeah i i thought that that was a really effective tool and just the the cadences throughout of of um different people talking really really helps you uh, piece to to together who is talking and what they are talking ab- ab- about so mm-hmm. really great job yeah yeah um yeah definitely the the frame thing is really interesting i kind of want to know a little bit more about what is the purpose of this council thing and like what mm-hmm. they're really um you know some some more stuff to add to the context of the stories um, I definitely like the mystery that's being set up here. Um, also, uh, so thank you for uh, starting things at the end of the story because we had to Google what is the end version of <laughs> Nvidia Res. Um, and uh, there's not a normally used Latin term for starting at the end of things. But it seems crazy. Yeah, but using Google Translate, <laughs> I was able to find out that um, the Latin for starting in the end of things would be infinis res which is cool. Um, so now we know. Um, I don't actually know if that's a term that's used at all in literary circles, but like that's, that would be the correct term mm-hmm. um, as opposed to media res. The media so, res, yeah. Because that means middle specifically. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, I like the story. I like that what's being set up here. I think I definitely did get that feeling that Justin talks about, about uh, the love interest sort of being like left behind. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a sort of thing of like, I think it, it seems like Justin kind of didn't know what the story was fully about until getting to that second um, entry. Um, and so I'm sure you could find some other way that 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 love interest character will be more relevant and important um, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of being left behind. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe she's involved in going to seek him out again or something. I don't know. True. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe... that is just the like natural growing, growing pains mm-hmm. of a story as you as you write more you you realize what you want the story to be and you know what you wanted to like to like focus on so Mm -hmm. i've like come to many of those moments when like i had this really cool side uh side character that i just really wanted to be a part of the main troop but then i come to like realize oh 
this is just extra. It's it's mm-hmm. it's bogging down the uh, the story, which is why you know yeah. it's it is completely fine to cut those characters and, to, and until you need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, who's the next story that we're talking about? Yep. So the next story is by Real Kate ninety eight with testimony. So yeah, the story is called Testimony. Um, and again, thank you for joining us, Real Kate. We really appreciate you joining the uh, the the writers for the podcast. The fray. So, yeah, this has to do with a uh, man who was born in 1830s and was in the Civil War, um, and uh, sort of how he was in that journey. You know, started as like a banker and then joined the the army. Ended up getting shot and just generally just a bit of a slice of life. Before we finally, um, he went and saw a play at a theater where john wilkes booth shot abraham lincoln <laughs> yeah yeah and i really like um i don't actually know if this is like a true thing but i really like the um difference in the telling of like uh they it sounds like they didn't really hear a shot for whatever reason um and then um everyone was laughing at a scene during it, it everyone in the audience was laughing at a scene when um John uh, Wilkes Booth uh, jumped out of the like theater private viewing platform thing and yelled his stuff and then ran off and everyone just thought it was funny um, because they didn't know that it was just a, an assassination. <laughs> so it was interesting. Yeah. 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 No, but yeah, I really do love how this sort of slice of life story led into a major e- event that everyone knows, knows of um, almost like Forrest Gumpy you know yeah um but yeah and and yeah this this story was very well 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 written i love how much it really focuses on time and 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 place it really just gives us a great sense of this story and like the like world of this story um so yeah really really great job overall um and and of course i i cannot keep on going without talking about the the sort of style of the of the prose being being used, I, I I really do love how it is from the perspective of, of someone in this 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 time, and the the prose itself attempts to sort of mimic that, which I really mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool. yeah, definitely a, a a nicely written little piece. I I like the perspective that it gave us. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, all right. The next one is by No Goodbye with of mortal origin mm-hmm. so this is uh seems like it's within that same sort of uh i don't know if genre is the right word but uh, or even if it's like a shared universe but the same sort of kick uh that no goodbye has been on about writing about gods that are made from like stories and stuff mm-hmm. and so this is told in in second story and it's sort of addressing it seems like um a god that like someone someone sent it to godhood and um sort of the domains they picked were about grace and compassion and stuff. But then something happened uh, where it just kind of went wrong. And now it's sort of hated everywhere. And uh, its followers are kind of using it as for evil, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, And uh, I like that it's sort of vague as to exactly what's happening in the real world. Um, And it's more just about the uh, philosophical aspects of just being like a concept that causes effects by every little movement in its universe Mm -hmm. yeah which that what's like that's why i think i enjoy this story so much is that we're talking that the story itself is talking about this sort of like 
meta this sort of metaphysical story um without really showing us too much of the like the applications of of this upon the the like real 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 world but we come to understand the full magnitude of what sort of sway this this like uh, deity has which yeah i, I just like real i really really like it I, I i do like how it is dealing with these larger than than life concepts um and of course i i feel that like if this story would were, were to go any further it would probably need some sort of human link you know some 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 link to the real world so that we can get those you know those like uh characters and you know stuff that that we can continue to be invested in over a like longer work but for the size that it is i think that the writing itself is really effective of giving that feeling of of a larger than 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 life deity musing over its own existence you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. What's the next one that we're talking about? Yeah. Well, all right. Our final story for this week is by Walker by Faith with the activist. Uh, yeah. So this is a cool um little story. Kind of uh, leaning into satire a little bit. Um, where um we have a bunch of people in a meeting room talking about um what to do when the police shows up, and we're not entirely sure what the um context is, uh, what exactly is going on here. Um, but, uh, there's this, like, one character that's, like, very dumb, and she's asking some dumb questions, um, but finally we sort of get reiterated what they're going to do, which is when the police shows up, if it's just police, just be very kind to the police, just help them out, give them donuts and whatever, um, but if there's reporters to kick up a big fuss and to call them pigs and a bunch of other stuff, um, and, um, we have our main character that's, uh, sort of is uh, heckling a little bit and makes their friend Beth laugh. Um, Beth says that she can't take it. This is so ridiculous. And she leaves. But John, the main character, he he stays. Um, and we finally just get sort of an understanding that they are hired activist actors by the Caucasian Cause Coalition, yeah. which is great. CCC. Um, yeah. And then they, how they, yeah, they're hired activists um, and they are protesting for some reason or another um and uh yeah yeah just like just generally just hired activists and their um their chant is ccc for liberty which is (laughs) great (laughs) yeah 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 so i enjoy the um social commentary with within this uh, piece it um yeah, it reminds me a lot of those like fake fake news news stories spouted by like Tucker by like Tucker Carlson or uh, someone saying that uh, someone hired people part of um, part of Antifa to 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 storm the like uh, capital right just to just these this sort of like outrageous plot. Um, but I do enjoy just I don't know just sort of seeing this this person part of part of the like ccc going going over all all of their their like rules on on how to i guess properly orchestrate this this like riot um and i i know there was this one funny part i i forgot what was happening but 
but they were basically talking about how the how the CCC wanted a lot of people here. And then uh, I think the character slipped up and and said 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 riot instead of protest, which which of course it's just that like added layer of um, social commentary. But I mm-hmm. I thought this one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I found a little satire, um, and it definitely was uh, amusing. I like the um, you know the classic uh, switching over real names and just mixing them all up a little bit. So Facebook is Headbook. Mm-hmm. Just, I like it. It's good. Headbook. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a different app. Yeah. Um, but okay. Uh, that's yeah. all the stories we have uh, this week. Let's give uh, everyone a big old thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much to Justdan8460. Thank you to Captain Rhino. Thank you to RealKate98. Thank you, No Goodbye. And thank you to Walker by Faith. And we would also like, like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's. Um, can condense all of your own ideas on your story for others to see, but you are also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve them and you as writers. So, thank you very much to Walker by Faith, Spider ZT, Just Stand eight four six zero, and thank you to No Goodbye and Real Kate ninety eight. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some really great discussion back and forth, and uh, that's always super uh, encouraging. So we really, really appreciate that. Um, and it also, yeah, I, I read your stuff, and uh, I definitely it affects how I'm going to be talking about on the podcast. So it definitely improves, you know, our commentary. So really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, if you want to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, um, you can go to slash 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 do the right thing, uh, see the latest prompt, and um, sit down for thirty minutes and write a complete short story. Um, where can they go to see the words as soon as they come out, Jarvis? Uh, they can go to our Twitter uh, to see the words as soon as we post the announcements. Also, if you want to see the posts with all, all of the wonderful stories and the words, you can go to our Reddit, which are slash r slash do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you want to, uh, yeah, you can also send us an email at rightthingcast.gmail.com if you just want to let us know about something. Um, I want to, oh, uh, so some other things going on here at Doof Media, because we're always doing some crazy stuff. Um, I wanted to plug real quick that the Doofcast has started their Deconstructing Scott Ridley series, and they've done mm. um, several really fantastic movies so far, um, including uh, Blade Runner and Alien already. So um, those are some really great episodes. But additionally, um, actually over on um, The View from Halfway Down, we just started a special thing. We just started a BoJack Horseman fan art contest. Um, so for the next couple months, uh, we're going to be accepting fan art um, about BoJack Horseman or about that show. And the winners uh, will be voted on by patrons um, at any any dollar level. Um, and, uh, whoever wins gets, uh, the, the top three gets some cash prizes. So I'm very excited to finish off that contest and see what wonderful art, uh, gets made out there. And I'm really hoping also that it gets promoted in a couple places, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. It'll be really cool. Yeah. So I'm excited nice, about nice. that. Oh, well also, if you want to support us and everything else in Doof Media, you can do that by go, going to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, okay, Jarvis, uh, w- w- this is now May. What is the theme for this new month? 
leaving yes. satire behind. So the theme of this month, we've taken ample, ample time to think about this thing, only to realize that we have been doing it all wrong. It's not about how much time, but how little time. How little uh-huh. time you can construct your stories. Okay. Uh, basically, the the um, theme for next month is is brevity. There, yes, there is great value in being able to construct a whole thousand page novel, but why do that when you can say the exact same thing in only a, a hundred words? Mm-hmm. So for for uh, this month, we we will love you, our wonderful readers and listeners, to focus on brevity. Focus on taking a larger a larger story or a, or a larger scene or a larger I idea and breaking it down into its core emotional elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we talked a lot often about um, one of my favorite practices for improving my writing, which is to write a long story and then give myself an arbitrary um, number of words to cut, um, mm-hmm. usually like something like thirty percent or something like that, um, which feels completely like how can I do that? Um, and then yeah, just cutting viciously. Uh, everything that I need to get out. Um, so that's one thing that you can do. I, in that case, I would totally recommend, like, you know, mess mess with the way that you do this, um, the, the, these prompts. You know, maybe take a little bit extra than 30 minutes. That's totally fine. Or maybe do 30 minutes twice, but then cut it down to the length of the first time, you know, something like that. I'm excited to talk about just generally brevity as a, as a concept regarding writing as we go through this because it's... Um, a very particular perspective on writing. It's very modernist, which is to say like mm-hmm. it has like, you know, efficiency and like maximality and just like doing the best with the, with the least and no fluff and stuff like that. It's all very modernist perspective stuff. And then uh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about some of the uh, postmodern responses to that sort of uh, thing. Um, but yeah, we've, we've talked about this a lot before. I'm excited to see what y'all do with it and how it might improve your own writing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the words you will be using to create your brief stories are favor, be, remind, and dribble. Yeah, some nice words. So, Mm -hmm. okay, favor, which is uh, to do something um, for someone else. Usually it's a good thing. Um, And uh, it can be done either as uh, for a request. So can you do me a favor? Uh, Do this good thing for me. I will owe you one. Or it could be uh, done the other way um, without asking if someone needs it so yeah i did you a favor and did your homework for you or whatever it can also be said sarcastically um you can also be said to favor one thing over another you prefer that thing mm-hmm. uh, anything else uh no i think okay. that's all for favor a bee is a kind of bug a little mm-hmm. insect the they insect. live in colonies they fly around they're yellow mm-hmm. and black and, and they, make they, honey. they make honey um they collect pollen and they're just overall good and mm-hmm. I like them a lot. And also, if they sting you, they die. So yeah, which don't let them sting sad. you. Yeah, all, <laughs> bumblebees don't have stingers though, so they're just adorable, and they just bumble around. And I like mm-hmm. them very much. Um, <laughs> you can also beeline, which is mm, to take yes. a, mo- a direct path between one place and another. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can think of with that. Yeah, and the next um, is re. Re- remind which is to bring something from the past to someone else's uh present attention yes mention, exactly yeah, yes yeah. 
Um, yeah, so just to make sure that they remember it, that it's on their mind once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and dribble, so we have two very different um, meanings. One is uh, to dribble a ball. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea like why it's called that? Dribble? I, yeah. Honestly, I assumed as a kid it's because of the sound. Interesting. But sure, I could see that could be wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in basketball, you dribble by bouncing the ball up and down um, in your hand, and uh, that is you have to do that. I don't know the rules for basketball. I played you it when I was like, yeah, you have to do it. Um, or you, it'll also be a dribble of liquid. So it's mm-hmm. usually a very small, um, thin stream, usually like a little bit intermittent. You know, might yeah. stop for a second. And a, trickle. a trickle. A trickle um except even slower i think so like you drool dribbles out of your mouth or um you could finish peeing and there's still like a little dribble at the end Mm, i think those are the main (laughs) contexts in which i know the word dribble Mm -hmm. yeah so tell me next week what is your brief story five what is your 10 word story my 10 word story um okay so um there were these bees and they uh people were taking their their honey and they were like let me remind you how important we are and they stopped making honey and then the people were like can you do us a favor and make more honey and then the bees were like no unless you do one thing and then the people were like oh what what do you need and they were like you have to do us a favor and let us let us play basketball and then they were allowed in the basketball. The rules were changed. They t- took off the rule that says no bees in basketball. And uh, but the problem is that when they dribbled the ball, they all got smashed. It was really awful. And then no one got honey because they were all dead. They did win the game, though. They did win. Oh, so. OK, good, 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 good. Yeah. At yeah. least they won. <laughs> At least they won. Yeah. Nice. Well, my um, 10 word story yeah. for next week is let me actually look at these words. <clears throat> to garner favor with the bee king. Mm-hmm. Timothy reminded him to clean his dribble. What was his dribble? His dribble of what? His dribble of honey. Honey coming from his mouth. He was okay. a fat king. Yes. Okay. Great. Gluttonous. I love it. That mm-hmm. was perfect. Thank you, Jarvis. Thank you. Um. Yeah. That they should do the right thing and clean up. That. Yep. That's it. Did you know that bees have three genders? What they do? So I'm I mean, guessing it's, it's like worker queen. It's a bee. matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. You know what? I'll keep this in because I actually do want to talk about this. So okay. So. You know, we've always uh, we we the way that we're taught and the way that science traditionally has like classified it is that you have the queen, um, who's female, and then you have the drones that are male, mm-hmm. um, and they're just used for sex, and then you have the um workers, and they are also all female. Except here's the thing. Here's the thing. They are not like like drones. Okay. So there's a couple of classifications as to what makes a gender, what makes a sex, actually. Yeah. Um, so two of the main ones that people usually use is like, what are their roles in reproduction? And then two, um, what are their chromosomes, right? Mm-hmm. As humans, you know, we have different genitals. That's one way to determine sex. And then we also have different sets of chromosomes. We have XX and XY, right? 
Well, bees is totally different, actually. So the the queen bee and the worker bees, they have the same kind of chromosomes. It makes sense they would kind of be in the same group because they're not really exactly the same. Whereas the male drones, they don't they don't have like com- a complete set of chromosomes. They only have half the chromosomes. Whoa. They're basically actually like a sperm, actually. Like they mm. they literally only have one half and then they give that entire half of their chromosomes to whatever bee that they um, end up mating with. Yeah. And which then they means die. Yeah, so it's basically like if we are saying that that is another sex, that's basically like saying that sperm and eggs are other sexes for us. They're not. They're not humans. They're not human beings. Yeah, they are just like one cell of us. So it's interesting, right? Hmm. Um, and then the worker bees—they don't—they're not involved in reproduction at all. So that doesn't make sense that they would be also female because they're not female. Like they just—they don't—they don't reproduce. They're an yeah. entirely different sex. So it makes much more sense to me, anyway. Uh, and it, you know, just words are used for purposes, but to me, it makes more sense to classify them as three different sexes, two that are involved in reproduction, one that only has half the chromosomes and one that has all the chromosomes. And then the worker bees as a different thing, more like another part of the body that just supports them in general. So Mm. I think that's really interesting. I think it's the same thing with ants as well. So, yeah. Huh. I did not know that. I guess drone uh, drone bees only had half of their chromosomes. So, like, yeah. should they even be considered? Like, it's weird. A bee. Hold on. How many chromosomes do they have? You know, we have we have like twenty four or something like that, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. but it says, um, yeah, d- d- diploid females. So, like, worker bees and queen bees have sixteen pairs, but the haploid males only have sixteen single chromosomes. Oh um, wow! Whereas so only eight pairs, yeah. Or yeah, well, or they're no, not pairs. Like, yeah, so, so they they're have just single chromosomes. Yes, they have sixteen individual ones, whereas the queen bee and worker bees have thirty-two chromosomes in sixteen pairs. So that's it's weird. What's wild to me is how the fuck, like, what are those other six for then? Like, how how the fuck can it make a whole bee from only half the information? That's wild. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm assuming that the queen bee. Can make up for that. I mean, does does the queen bee also have sixteen pairs? Yeah, it has sixteen okay. pairs. I guess it's like kind of a thing of like, you know, it has the dominant and recessive traits, right? And the mm-hmm. haploid males, like none of that matters. <coughs> they have like every recessive trait stands out because it doesn't have. There's, there's no dominant ones. Maybe yeah. that's the thing of like, you know, if it if it was carrying a recessive gene that like makes it like. Weaker. suck and not being able to fly like well it's just gonna fucking die immediately mm-hmm. because it it can't be carried on in secret so maybe that yeah. is like a beneficial thing and then i also guess like through through that then like no recessive no recessive genes can really pop up within the the like colony because yeah no recessive yeah. genes that are like killer anyway mm-hmm. yeah. yeah sadly i would love yeah. like a so the, like so a bees bee are basically immune to huntington's so okay huh (laughs) then maybe why have we been splicing with lizard dna for so long when we should be splicing with bee dna you're so right jarvis all right do the right thing and splice your dna with gene dna Uh, gene dna gene dna DNA. (laughs) gene gene bd gbd doofmedia.com at dot com Forward, forward slash um, Disney Channel Games. Disney <laughs> Channel Games. <laughs> CartoonNetwork.com slash Games for Fun. Coolmathgames.com. Games.
Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so gonna get stopped. I'm, yeah, I'm really over it. Yeah. <laughs>